0: Hello, everybody. Um, welcome back on another dreary Friday. We're cold. Yeah, it is very cold. We're about to get hit with a uh, crazy cold front. It's going to be miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but we are coming back at you with another episode of the Brick by Brick podcast. It's been a minute. How are you doing today, Jacob? I'm good.
1: I'm good. It's uh, it's warm in my office. So
0: yeah, it is. It is warm in the rooms. Um, which is a which is a blessing, but for, for some reason my students still put their hoods up. Don't know why. <laughs> it's not. You're not cold. But, it's uh, cool. Yeah, it's yeah. That's the issue. <laughs> I look cool with my hood up. Yeah. Okay. But um, today we're gonna be jumping back into Judges. We're gonna be talking about the Lord's Prayer. We're gonna be talking about some more wacky uh, sermon antics. It's yeah. gonna be a blast. It will be.
1: Maybe shorter.
0: Yeah, well, might be shorter. Who we'll knows? See. We might be going for the uh, brick by brick podcast speed run eighty <laughs> percent. Uh, challenge today, but you know we're gonna go over what we have to go over and call it a day. Yeah, that's right. what we'll do. So go ahead, Jacob.
1: Yep. So uh, Judges chapter three, we're finishing that today. Uh, it's one verse, just one. So Man. we get uh, we get an entire story, I guess, of, of a judge just with one verse, and you'll see it's not it's not much of a story. It's, it's just a sentence. Um, but we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, I got a question for the you to start your off. favorite Bible verse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. It's a good one. It's a good one. But we're gonna start just with a, a quick question. Did you ever watch Nickelodeon or Disney Channel when you're absolutely? Younger? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, whenever we went over this a few Sundays back, you know, with all you students, um, I just I apologized to you guys because you just don't understand the Disney, the good old days of Disney Channel.
0: They don't, you know, they don't, um, they didn't get to see what that was like. No. Um, back when there was a heart and soul to what yeah. was on Disney and uh Nickelodeon, even Cartoon Network, I was, yeah. I was a huge Cartoon Network person, yeah. But, um, I see on here, you've got like you're talking about the uh, that's so Raven and Zachary. oh, yeah, yeah, dude. I remember on um, this is a tangent, but <laughs> I remember the the earth shakening crossover episode between. That's so sweet, life of Hannah Montana. Oh, yeah. Where all three right. of them were in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and, Like, it was just wild the kind of stuff they would do. Yeah, that was, that was the highlight of a Friday back It really in the day. was, dude. I had, like, you know, Disney Channel original movies, dude. So I good. was at home on Friday, ready yep. to go. Ready to watch ready for that the new, new one. premiere. Let's go.
1: <laughs> so, uh, you yeah, know, you're just listening to us reminisce on the good old days yeah. of Disney, and you guys don't know what that is. You don't know what it's talking about. Um, I have a little brother, he's 10, and when I go see my parents and go hang out with my brother, uh, usually he's got the TV on, and I just sit there amazed at how stupid the TV yeah. shows are, you know, and I guess that's just a matter of preference, but um, I don't know. Well, anyways, no, it's, uh,
0: it's more of a, things are just terrible now. Things are terrible, it's not They're just awful. preference.
1: So, anyways, uh, when we were younger, and, you know, we'd watch Disney, Nickelodeon, whatever, there were all, there were these mini-episodes, you are know, mm-hmm. talking about, where there was like a three-minute thing between... Episodes, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'd be watching That's So Raven, and then when That's the so Raven ended, there's like a little mini episode, and it would be something like Mickey Mouse and Goofy doing something, and you know, it's wacky, fun, yeah, for just a few minutes, and then, then you're right into the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody or something like that. Um, anyways, talking Gotta about keep this, my
0: small brain entertained. Exactly,
1: yeah. that's what they and they were really good at it too. So uh, here at the end of Judges three, we kind of have one of these little mini episodes. Okay. Right? We just got done with Ehud. You know, last time we were you know doing this, and then next time we're going to talk about Deborah. Those are long, full length episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. And here in Judges three thirty one, it's this quick little episode here. Um, and this little thing, it may seem kind of insignificant, uh, but it's not. It, it is significant, and Dale Ralph Davis he calls this sentence a salvation break. Pretty cool, right? Salvation
0: yeah. break. Um, now I, I've never heard that.
1: Yeah, I hadn't either until I read the commentary. So thank you, Dale Ralph Davis.
0: <laughs> if you're listening, Dale, it, oh, that'd be great. That'd <laughs> be cool. Um, Gives so, a new meaning in the South to uh, hail Dale. Right? <laughs> 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 we're gonna.
1: I promise we're gonna be on topic. We're going to (laughs) try.
0: Yeah, I'm going to try hard. So
1: I'm just going to read the verse here, Judges 3.31. It says, after him, talking about um, Ehud, right? After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also saved Israel. Um, Odds are, lots of people don't know about Shamgar. They probably haven't heard about him. Um, And it seems like over the years, the church has kind of just left him out. Poor guy. You know, we don't know a lot about him. You know, we, we talk about Ehud and Deborah and all and those, but there's a little thing in the middle that we kind of just ignore. And I guess it makes sense because it's just one verse, it's just one sentence. We don't have a lot about it. I mean, his entire life is reduced to this one sentence. And then another brief, like three words he's mentioned, uh, I think, in the next chapter, or the chapter later, I don't remember, but it's not, it's, it's even less than we have here. Um, so Shamgar's left us with a lot of uh, a lot of unanswered questions. Okay, questions like was he an Israelite or was he not an Israelite? Uh, why does he have a non-Israelite name? Uh-huh. So does that mean he yeah. really truly is not an Israelite? Mm-hmm. Um, it says son of Anath. Anath is a Canaanite god. So does that mean that Shamgar is actually a worshiper of a false god? Or here we go. Does it mean that he's from Beth Anath in Galilee, or was it the Beth Anath in Judah? Yeah. We we just don't know any of this stuff. Or or did Shamgar actually kill six hundred Philistines? Or does that mean that he along with his army, you yeah. know, killed six hundred and he got the credit because he was the leader? Yeah. yeah all yeah. these questions, and here's the best answer we have, all right? Shamgar was probably not an Israelite. That's it. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> he probably wasn't, maybe he was, but there's just not a whole lot. We don't have a lot about him. Um, we actually know more about his weapon of choice than we do the, the person Shamgar. Yeah. All right, it says he uses an ox goad. An ox goad was about eight feet long, six inches around at the large end. Okay, um, the large end was used for cleaning out the plow. You know that the oxen would pull, I guess, and. There was a small end, a sharp point, and the sharp point was used for prodding and poking and directing the oxen, so they okay. knew which way to go. I guess you could tell them to go straight, or go right, or go left. And I think just based on that description, you can see that that would that would make a dangerous weapon. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, now, here's a quick little side note. Okay, it, this is actually going to be cool because we're going to get into this a little bit later towards the end. All right. But uh, we talked about last time with the story of Ehud. Uh, How how the Bible is just not boring. Yeah, it's not boring. You know, it's alive. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. I guess. Yeah, spoiler. Truly,
0: (laughs) truly spoiler
1: alert. It's not boring. Okay, and and we don't have to get into much detail. I'll I'll just say this. I'm going to prove it to our listeners once again. The Bible is not boring. Listen to the the list of weapons that we have used in the Book of Judges. Okay, ox goad, (laughs) (laughs) dagger, hammer. Horns, torches, millstone, donkey's jawbone. We're not. We're not talking like a sword. Or Watch a club. Mojo's
0: top ten weapons <laughs> list from
1: judges. <laughs> <laughs> so, it just not not boring, you know. And, and like a, the the question we just addressed: Did he himself kill six hundred, or was it an army? We don't really know. But personally, I like to think that he himself, took the ox goad, and he actually defeated 600 of... Yeah,
0: it sounds like the use of specifying ox goad... Yeah. Like, if it would just been, he killed this many, I would have leaned more towards, it was probably his army, but when yeah. it says, he, with an ox goad, yeah, killed yeah. 600 people, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to give him, you know, I'm mm-hmm. going to give him that one. I'm yeah. going to probably, you know, put those... But those kills in. Oh my gosh! Sorry, I was trying to find out what this looked like. The ox code. It looks almost like a scythe, like a, yeah, it a does. short little scythe. Yeah. That picture looks like a like a baguette with a hook on it, but like <laughs> that's well, actually insane. Yeah, and this that's thing, horrifying. We're
1: gonna have to uh, attach it, or you can just yeah, Google, well, yeah. <laughs> Google ox code. Uh, that's the weapon. That's what he used. Yeah, unconventional.
0: Um, and I feel like the, you know, fact that it's unconventional makes it more terrifying. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And not boring. Yeah, exactly. Not boring.
1: Uh so we're gonna we're gonna pay special attention to the phrase, and he also saved Israel. Yeah. He also saved Israel. The truth is it doesn't matter if he was not an Israelite. It doesn't even matter if he was affiliated with the Canaanite religion. Yeah, it's sad if he didn't believe in the one true God. But it doesn't mean that God couldn't use him for yeah. his own purposes, right? Um, it, it doesn't matter if we never figure out anything more about him ever again. And we probably will not figure out anything more about him ever, ever. Uh, but here's what matters. What matters is that we see how glorious the God of Israel truly is. God is the maker of heaven and earth, right? Yes. God is sovereign, and he's in control of all things, Right. Yes. Then can't he save his people with as many or few people as he wants to? He could yeah. use one. He could use a thousand. He, he could use zero. Yeah, truly. Right? Um, can't he rescue his people with whoever he wants? It doesn't it doesn't have to be me or you. Or it doesn't have to be Shamgar. It could be whoever he wants it to be because yeah. it, he is God, right? So, again, we need to see what Scripture is showing us. The God that we worship is incredibly powerful he is the most powerful there's none more powerful and if you can read the book of judges and not see that that's the truth then you're just not reading it <laughs> you're not even yeah. you're not
0: seeing it um, i think it's 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 better because he it's you look at all these people these judges they're for the most part like all of our characters in the bible flawed yeah the 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 saviors are flawed which mm-hmm. is all right okay if they're flawed if they aren't good at what they do if they're prideful, if they're incompetent, if they don't trust God. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, if that is the point, then who are we going to who are we going to look look to yeah. in the midst of that salvation? It's obviously gotta be God. Yeah. Right? It's kind of um it's like that old that old thing people say. It's like it's not the weapon, it's the it's the, the <laughs> weapon user. Exactly. And that's the idea. It's yeah, like it is. maybe that's the point of Shamkar. It's like it's not the weapon, mm-hmm. it's who's using it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know. Another object lesson and Sam- Shamgar was the object. There we Anyways, go. That's another I'm one. really kind of flying off the can't handle. Don't don't quote me on that. One. <laughs> okay. So I don't want to be canceled over that when it's not worth it. <laughs> um back to judges,
1: right? So <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I know that it seems like every episode we're talking about judges, we say this. Um but we're going to say it again. You need to trust God. He proves over and over again in Scripture and in our lives today how powerful he is and that he is worthy to be trusted. Um, don't doubt it, right? Like, just just don't. He's not going to fail you. He's never going to fail us. He's never going to let us down. That that's. He's not even able to do that. Yeah. So you can trust him, and, and you should trust him with everything with who you are, everything about you. Um, so here's a couple more things about Shamgar that we're going to point out. Shamgar seems like a really unlikely person to be used by God. Potentially not even part of God's chosen people. Uh, just a guy who takes care of oxen. All he had to offer was himself and an ox goad, right? I mean, that's it.
0: <laughs> just like the image is it, it's killing me. Like, I just... I know I shouldn't do this, but I imagine this guy just working, you know, <laughs> and, and and in this instance, God speaks to him and says, "All right, well, here's the deal." Yeah, and he says, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs>
1: this is what I have, so I'm going to go and use it."
0: The <laughs> Shamgar, the weapon to your, the thing to your right, is the weapon you'll use to fight the Philistines. <laughs> Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's just him in an ox goad, and God still used him. Uh, so listeners, you've got to stop telling yourself that you can't be used by God. Yeah. Um, or that
0: you must get to a state where you can be used yeah. by God. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you're exactly right. That's, uh, that's a – if you
1: haven't dealt with that, if, if you haven't had that thought – you will one day. Yeah, absolutely. It'll come and you're just going to think, well, I, I can't. God's not going to use me. How could he? You know, maybe you feel like you don't have anything to offer, right? Maybe you get discouraged because you don't see the gifts that you have. Yeah, because we, we talked might, about yeah. this, right? We talked about this episode two or three, maybe. We talked about spiritual gifts. They we all talked together. Huh? They all blend together. They all blend <laughs> together. Uh, one of the episodes. Yeah. And we address that God gives all believers spiritual gifts. Yeah. And these gifts are meant to be used. So you have something. You have something. God has given you something uh, for you to go and to use. Uh, he has put something in your hand the same way that He put an ox goad in the hand of Shamgar. All right. So for, for you, maybe it's something obvious, right? Maybe you can sing. Maybe you're really athletic. Maybe you're a people person and you just love talking to people. Maybe you can dance or, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's not obvious. And if it's not obvious to you, if there's nothing jumping out to you, the temptation is to go, well, that means I don't have anything. But just just think even harder. Think about the things that you enjoy doing. Think about what you spend time doing. Think about who you spend time with. Right? Here's a few examples. Are you good at video games? Probably a lot of you guys are good at video games.
0: Yeah, I, Do doubt, you... it. I doubt it. Not, not as good as... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to go that far. <laughs> You're not 1v1 in Coach King. No, definitely not. <laughs>
1: So we've got some, uh, some, some decent video game players, right? And odds are that video games that you're playing, you're playing online with other people. Yeah. Uh, so how about using that talent, using that sphere of influence to actually share the gospel? I know that sounds crazy, yeah. but you're there. You're, you're talking to people. You're using something that you're talented at. So the people that you're talking with, talk to them about God. Use that to bring glory to God. Get on there and tell people about Jesus. Use your interest in video games to meet these people and then talk to them about Christ. And right? even
0: to a lesser extent, um, I watch my students uh, go crazy playing just flash games because they, they all have their Chromebooks. So yeah. you know, there inevitably yeah. it is inevit- inevitability that they're yeah. going to play games. Right. So, like, they'll play these games that. Literally mean nothing. Mm-hmm. These are free games that they're playing on some free ga- – com or whatever. <laughs> and I have kids who punch their Chromebook screens. I've had kids break their screens playing these games. A math game. And, and it's not it's, – cool math games is the, is the <laughs> joke, right? Yeah, okay. It's called that because they're not playing cool math games. Uh, I see, I see. Okay. Um, but the thing is, like, let's just start there, guys. How yeah. about let's, you know – Try and, you know, take it easy. Yeah. Don't let these things, you know, don't, don't let playing video games become a net negative for you. Right. Because there's not a problem with video games, but mm-hmm. if you're losing your temper, if you're mm-hmm. getting mad, because I've been there, like, I yeah. played video games when I was younger, and playing Halo now still infuriates <laughs> me. Yeah. But... You know, like, these are opportunities for you to, you know, try to grow in your sanctification. Don't, right. these, don't let, these, let these things get to you yeah. as much as And then, yes, absolutely. If you can, you know, turn these interactions with people online or then interact with your friends online in these positive, you know... Christian-centered interactions that'd be a huge benefit yeah. because then it's not just you doing something leisurely and taking time off and you know kind of relaxing. Right. You're also benefiting from it because you're fellowshiping. You're talking about mm-hmm. stuff you've read. You know, yeah. Yeah, there's exactly. no problem with that. That'd be great. Yeah. So do that.
1: Um, just take a minute, like I said, think about things that you're in, involved in. Who are the people that you spend time with? Whatever you do when you're around people, do those people need Jesus? Probably some of them do. Probably most of them do. Yes. So whatever it is, you have some sort of sphere of influence. You're doing something with your life that you can use in the way that a shamgar just had his ox goat and he used it. Um, Here's another example. Are you a good writer? Do you enjoy writing papers? Yes, some people enjoy writing things. Um, Use your gift of writing to bring glory to God. I think of great authors like C.S. Lewis, Right. He was an amazing writer. Yeah. And he used that gift and he his he is dead, but his writings are still impacting people today. And they he's going to be one of those guys for yeah. the next 100 maybe 1000 years who people are reading. Yeah. You know, and he used what God gave him. Um I mean, I, we could just go on and on with yeah. this list, but the point is you have something. God's given you something. And you need to use it. For his glory, because who gave it to you? Yeah, God gave it to you, so give it back to Him. Use it for Him and for His glory and for His purposes. And uh, other than that, I mean, I think we're done with. Yeah, Shamgar. I mean,
0: I think uh, any God can redeem anything, right? right? Um, of, of course, if something's just completely sinful, there's not because you know, like, yeah. it's a distortion. Right. But all these different, you know, facets of you know media and inter- entertainment. All these things can be used for positive, you know, things. Like we talked about how, you know, um, you can make TikToks that are beneficial. Yeah. You can make content that is helpful and upbuilding and still funny and still enjoyable. Yeah. Like we, we can't be falling into this rut of um, Christianity is boring. Right. Being Christian means you're going to live a boring life, you're going to hate it. You're gonna you're gonna hate your Christian life, <laughs> but do it anyway. Yeah. Right? That's just not how it is. Like I'm I've enjoyed my life more being a Christian and, and you know pursuing righteousness. It you enjoy life more, right? And don't think that your life is just gonna be amazing. But mm-hmm. if you're if you're trying to, you know, align your will with God's will, you're not going to be miserable. Yeah. It's just not possible. Right. Right? So these things can be redeemed. It's just like we said, um, the platforms can be redeemed, but you can't just, you know, use sinful things to glory God, mm-hmm. right? Like going on TikTok and trying to make, you know, um, content that's God-honoring, you're not going to do that by doing trends that are dishonoring. Right. You're not going to do that by using songs that are inappropriate, Right. That's, that's that's doing the opposite. Yeah. You, that's you trying to use the force of evil yeah. to do good, and that's not how it works, <laughs> not gonna right? Yeah. Um. But you can use these things to bring glory to God. It is it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um. And if someone hasn't, maybe that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Right. Because I know I always go back to, um, Paul Washer talking to the, the rappers um, at that one, um, that one sermon he gave, and he said, "Listen, I, I, I've literally watched you guys do the same thing." With rap, that God's done with my life. It was something that was that was destructive. Yeah. He talked. It was it was violent. It's about like misogyny, all these awful things, drugs, you know, all these all these terrible aspects. But you have you with you know through God's work in your life, you have taken this thing and redeemed it. Mm-hmm. So it's possible to do these things, right? You just have to make sure that you know the main focus is on God yeah. and not on you know, I guess trying to be too much like the world because right. you're not going to, you can't be like the world mm-hmm. and then honor God, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to be torn apart.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great way to wrap up our <clears throat> yeah. section there about Shamgar.
0: Yeah. So um, moving on, uh, we talked about uh, the sinner's prayer last time. Yeah. So now we're going to move into kind of the same vein, but we're going to be talking about the Lord's prayer. All right. So real quick, I'll just read it for us. Um, our father, in heaven, how would be how be your name? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into, into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, this is the prayer that God, uh, Christ gave his disciples and said, "Pray like this," yeah. right? But the emphasis here is pray like this. Yeah. Jesus did not give this to us as something that you are supposed to recite. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to just, all right, time to say the Lord's prayer. I know this is pro- it's a common thing. Yeah, people do do that, mm-hmm. and I don't think, you know, you're going to get in trouble for doing that. No, um, it's 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 God's word. It's been given to us, but I think the the point of us praying and the point of us having this template is that we can. Kind of guide how we pray. Yeah. Right. Because he has things in here that are good points that we should be hitting if we're praying. Mm -hmm. Right. He's saying, you know, we're going to, today we're focusing on the first part. Right. Because this is my favorite because um, R.C. Sproul talked about this one portion in his uh, Holiness of God series. Yeah. Right. Because working through the Holiness of God, um, he goes through all these examples of how people kind of just forget how holy god is. Yeah. Um they get to this point where it's like, okay, you know, God's God's up there, but you know we're we're cool. Mm-hmm. We're me and god, we're being God, we're cool. He's going he's going to understand, yeah. right? He's up there, but I've read he, my bible a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's up there, but I've been on a hot streak <laughs> um with my righteousness. Yeah. So I'm basically, you know, one of his seraphim, right? <laughs> um and that's that's an issue we run into. Right, um, so this first portion he gives us is our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Yeah. Now, this is, which I didn't understand this until he explained it in that um, series, this is the first petition. Right. Because we read that, and it's like okay, moving on. Your kingdom comes. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's this is the first thing. This is the first thing you do. Mm-hmm. Hallowed be His name. Mm-hmm. When you when you when you regard God, when you come to God, you treat Him as holy. You yeah. honor Him yeah. as He should be honored. Um, and whenever I read this, uh, I think of the same uh, one of the same stories that uh, RC Sproul re- referenced, which was Nadab and Abihu. Yeah. Um, in Leviticus ten. So, real quick, I just want to read that. Um, I can't remember. If, I just put the reference here. So, let me flip to that real quick. But Nadab and Abihu were Aaron's sons, and they were the ones who were to be the priest. All right? And in Exodus, they lay out exactly what you're supposed to do um, with the fire, or with the incense. Right? He said, it's supposed to be made of this, equal portions of this, add some salt so it's pure and holy. You know, the entire... Scheme work for how you're supposed to do this, yeah. right? So we then we then have um, Nadab and Abihu uh, not do that, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see what happens to them. So <laughs> <laughs> um, chapter 10, Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered offered an unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So we're already in trouble. Unauthorized fire. He had not commanded them to do it. So you're breaking the rules, and you've not been given special revelation or permission to break the rules, right? So after that, and fire came from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord, okay? These two priests, who they were trained to do this, right, have just been destroyed, Mm okay? Okay. So this isn't a joke. This is this is real life, and I know this is crazy because we. It seems like God puts up with a lot of foolishness, and it's not. It doesn't seem like that. He does. Yeah. God's very long-suffering when it comes to um, worship nowadays because people are not being eaten by flames mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, uh, and we'll talk about why you know they maybe should later on. But <laughs> yeah. but but the point here is. Um, the response. I I, I love how uh, R.C. Sproul went over this next portion. So Moses said to Aaron, so this is their father. Moses goes to Aaron and says, This is what the Lord has said. <sighs> Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified, and before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace because yep. there's nothing to say. Yep. There's nothing to say, Right. He he says you cannot play games with how I am to be regarded. Yeah. Right? I am the Lord. Mm-hmm. That is who I am. I'm the creator of everything. I'm the Holy One. You will treat me as such. Right? Yeah. And these specific parameters that I have given you, you will follow them. Right. And, you know, it's 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 a shame that it had to be like this. Yeah. But they they played stupid games. They won stupid prizes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. This was their job. Um, and I know it's it's easy for us to kind of say, yeah, good job, Nate Ebenabaihu. But like, how many times have we goofed off in church? Too many. Too many. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I would not have made it to adulthood if God was not a chance. Dude, mm-hmm. dude, I thinking right now of the, the shenanigans I would get up to yep. in church. It's terrifying. Yeah, it is. Which is what—that's the point. I, I don't want to say it's the point of the story, but when I look back, it's like, oh my gosh, he's so gracious towards us, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Look at, look at, look at how high the bar is set, right? Look at what he—look at how seriously he takes this, and yet he's still merciful towards us in these things we do. Because, like, I've, you know, I feel like I don't—I don't, I don't want to—I don't want to belittle the ceremony that they're doing. Yeah. But I feel as though right now in the contemporary church, we're getting away with a lot more, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They they at least were following the parameters. They did something different within those parameters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We are off the rails mm-hmm. half the time. Mm-hmm. um, And it's just, it really shows, and we should really, really be thankful for how gracious God is towards yes. us um, when it comes to, how we act and how we act before him
1: and how we pray and I mean, how we look, pray. we're taking what we just saw from leviticus when jesus says pray like this yeah and then he starts off and he says our father in heaven hallowed be your name we need to pray like that like that's how we got to start and the yeah. scary thing is is just like they were you know strange fire offering strange fire yeah. how many times have you heard somebody pray really flippantly yeah and say things in their prayers that you just like you should not yeah be saying that even even the way that people may address god yeah in their prayers like it's <laughs> i think you know where i'm going with that yeah. right but i know where you're going <laughs> just our father in heaven hallowed be your name so uh hallowed yeah holy
0: right regarded as holy regard as holy yeah, yeah. yeah
1: so whenever you pray you don't, you don't just jump into it like, yeah, God, you know, uh, I really need these things. Jumping, starting your prayer by saying something along the lines of Heavenly Father, right? Well, the first thing we see is addressing Him, yeah our Father in Heaven, right? So you, we're saying, you know, that's where you'll say Heavenly Father or, or dear God or dear Jesus or however you're going to pray, but you're addressing Him. So that right alone from the very start of your prayer kind of like sets the tone yeah it's you know just set I mean? the tone. Like, yeah. Heavenly Father. All right. I'm not gonna joke around with what I'm saying. Um, I'm not gonna be flippant. I'm gonna be reverent. I'm gonna regard you as holy because you are holy. Like hallowed be your name. You know, so like that just it's it's a model. I know we said that already. Yeah. But like we've really got to take this seriously. And that's why we're gonna take this episode and in future episodes to walk through uh the Lord's Prayer. But yeah it's so important that we're doing this, that we're starting off and we're saying hallowed be your name. Now you said, "Not this is not necessarily. It's not even supposed to be something that's repeated." Yeah. Okay. How else might you say something like that in your prayers? Right. Like yeah. we were saying, "Hallowed be your name." But like, give us some examples. Like maybe, maybe personally, when you pray and you're well, saying, okay. I I
0: usually just start with you know, dear Lord, because the way he sets it up, the uh, the MacArthur Study Bible really. I don't know if I was to say about it. I was looking at an article that John MacArthur wrote, and he talks about all the dynamics at at play in this this, uh, prayer and how there's so many different levels of relationship and application between us and him. Like, we start off our father. So Mm -hmm. we relate to him as our father, and yet we immediately say, hallowed be the name. So we refer to him as father. So the relationship to him as our father is there, we're immediately saying... You are holy, mm-hmm. right? But um, I think the easiest way to do it is to look at some of the uh, acronyms that we have written down. Because yeah. oh, I don't yeah. want to, you know, when it comes to expressing him as hallowed, I, I simply start with dear Lord, and then I go into who he is. Mm-hmm. So I don't just say hallowed by name. I kind of just go straight yep. into kind of, if, you, if you're using pray, it'd be like praise or A, because I like to use acts, which is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. So that's how I kind of help keep me. I just heard that one before I heard pray, yeah right? But I, you start with adoration. You are acknowledging who you are talking to, right? This is the person who... Rules heaven and earth. Yeah, this is the person who created. Exactly. You. This is the person who saved you. Okay, mm-hmm. so you. Need to, as my friends would say back in high school, you need to check your regs. <laughs> you need to understand. Yeah, that this is not your homie. This is not your friend. Mm-hmm. This is not Sky Daddy. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sky this Daddy. Is, yeah, I've heard that one. Um, this is, you know, this is who he is. Yeah. Right. So that needs to be at the forefront. Um, and I think as long as you understand that principle. You don't have to keep with the same vocabulary that Jesus kept with, and that's the point. Like, as long as you are gleaning the point of what he's saying, yeah, you don't have to worry about well, okay, well, did I use the right synonym for right hallowed or whatever? Yeah. Um, as long as you're praying in this way, you're you're fine, yeah, right. Uh, moving on, you have uh, the R in pray. In pray is request. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, S in Acts is supplication. So that's where you would ask for something, yeah. right? And I think it, you have them in this order just because that's just the way they come in yeah. these words. But like, that's when you ask for something. That's when you, when you, uh, what's the word Paul Wash uses? He says, um, it starts with an I. It's um, like you're intervening. Uh, intervening. Uh, I, I might not be thinking of the right, right letter, but... Intercession. You're interceding yeah, for right, someone, right. right? You are asking for something. You are praying for a certain end to come about, right? And you would only pray that to someone mm-hmm. if you thought they could do it, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. So that's already kind of acknowledging who he is, mm-hmm. right? And we need to be we just need to be careful with how we how we pray for things mm-hmm. because obviously the 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 typical is this is a genie and I want yeah. this thing. Give this thing to me now. God is not a genie. God yes. is not Santa Claus. Exactly. And um, hopefully,
1: you've you've already that's already gone through your head at this yeah. point because you have said, "Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, whatever," and then yeah. you adore His name. Yes. So hopefully, yes. after doing that, you're not going to resort to "I want this and I want that," or especially demanding things. Yeah. Yeah. Not not demanding. Um. um anyways,
0: yeah. <clears throat> the then we have. Uh, a admit, which would be the C in Acts, which is confess. Mm-hmm. Right. This is your opportunity to go before the Lord and confess your sins. Right. This is important. This is um uh which which verse I was hearing listening to Doug Wilson talk about it. Um we if we confess our sins, he is uh just and righteous to forgive. Yeah, right. Um we have this opportunity to go before God and confess our sins. And assuredly be forgiven, right? And this should be what the the first two things should be kind of the adoration, at least in acts, which helps helps me kind of put these things in the right order, right because I would I wouldn't want to put supplication or asking mm-hmm. first, yeah, right. I would adore I acknowledge who he is. You are the supreme one. you are the holy one. Mm-hmm. you are above all else. yeah. then I would say, this is who I am, yeah. right? I'm going to speak the same. I'm yeah. going to say, I did these things. Right. Therefore, I deserve punishment. I deserve what the consequences of my actions, the consequences of my sin. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. You say it's sin. I say it's sin. I acknowledge I did it, yeah. right? Then you move on. Um, for the, the other one, it's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that applies to yield. But we can talk about yield later because yeah. I think it's just it's the same idea, but just kind of in a different way. But for thanksgiving, you are thanking him for what he's done, right? Mm -hmm. You've confessed your sins. You're thanking him for your forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You're thanking him for all the blessings in your life. You're thanking him for your salvation, the grace that he's shown towards you. I think starting with thanksgiving before getting a supplication Mm -hmm. is really going to help frame supplication or asking in the right way Mm -hmm. because it's going to be hard to start saying gimme, 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 gimme yeah. when you have just went through a list of things that you are thankful for, yeah. right? And we have the list of things we are thankful for by far exceeds the things you could ask them for, mm-hmm. right? The fact that we are allowed to breathe this morning yeah. is, is generous enough, mm-hmm. right? It's like my, my students will be like, hey, um, can I eat in class? I'm like, no. It's like, okay, can I chew gum? I'm like, yeah, sure, gum's fine, you know? They're like, well, I've got Starburst, too. I'm like, okay, here's the thing. We're not <laughs> negotiating. I'm being gracious. Right. You have no cards. You have no chips. Okay? You may have chips in your bag, right? Well, <laughs> you don't have anything to offer here. I'm telling you, I'm going to yeah. allow this, right? right. Um, so the, the things we can ask for should be completely outweighed by the things we're, we're thankful for. Mm. Um, and then we had supplication. But yield is, is important, which I wish was... Better reflected in the Acts version, yeah. But yield is so important because you're saying, you're the one, you're the one who can make these happen. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like in the, the the valley of the dry bones. Can these can these bones live if you will it? Yeah. If it's your will, yeah. You know. So understanding that you are handing these things over, you're handing these things over to God, mm-hmm. right? You know, Jesus take the wheel or whatever. Yeah. You know, you know memes aside, but you yeah. know you are saying. It is in your hands. Right. I can't I can't affect it. I can't make it happen. This is all you. Yeah. Right? Which is the the thing we see time and time again It's so difficult for the the people in the Bible to do is just say, all right, it's yours. Mm-hmm. It's you. I'm just going to, you know, do what you ask me. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to take my hands off the wheel. Right? I'm going to stop trying to alter it because that's kind of where things right. um kind of fly off the fly off the handle. Right. And where the yield part from that that acronym comes
1: from was we didn't read because depending on what translation you're using or even, you know, which gospel you're reading, the, the part that comes from is for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. And ever and ever. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So when you're saying for for yours is the kingdom and the glory forever and ever what you're saying is it's not me. Yeah. It, I'm yielding my life, my desires, everything, and it's and it's yours. Okay.
0: You know. And also, um we uh, uh, the Middle schoolers had a hard time understanding what we meant by yield. Yeah, because the yield they know is you stop and someone drives in front of you. But yielding is giving up. You are putting, which is why you are yielding. You are saying I'm stopping. You are going. I'm yielding to you. I'm yielding to your will because I'm in this position. You're in that position. Right. So that's what they mean by yield. You are giving up. You are saying you instead of me. Mm -hmm. You know, not mine, thine. Um, but yeah, I think, do you have any more points for the first part? No, I think that's a, that's a, that's a good flyover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But like,
1: like we said, we are going to be honing in on these different aspects. Yeah. Uh, I think we're probably going to stick more closely to the ACTS acronym. I think I like that one. Yeah. Um, something else that we can put in the description. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. But yeah, just, just to reiterate the, the major point from there, uh, from today, adoration in your prayers. Right, addressing to who you're praying to first. Yeah. To God, to the the Holy One, right, and then having that uh, that perspective, that frame of mind, going into everything else you're going to say. You are holy. Hallowed be your name.
0: Yeah. So. And also, if if we're going to say, Hallowed be your name, we should be very very uh, careful with how we're throwing around His name. Right. Yeah. Because another big point that R.C. Sproul made when he went over this was he made the uh, he had this really, really old example of this guy um, was doing something in public that wasn't necessarily legal. I can't uh, he, might, he was might just being, you know, uh, he's being a, a nuisance, like just a, a, a person who's a, a pain in the butt in town mm-hmm. and they couldn't find something to pin pin on him. So what the judge did was he pinned blasphemy on him, because it was just something you know. It's like, okay, yeah, sure, he said that, and his point was, this is something we're now just going to pin on people flippantly, you know. When this was a serious offense back then, yeah. like when we, when we, when you were taking God's name right, uh, the 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 name we use to address the one who has given us so much. And you're just going to, at the very least, make it common and even worse, make it profane. Like make it something that is a curse or something that I'm angry, therefore Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, you know, taking his name and turning it to an exclamation of frustration or an an exclamation of, you know, you've made me angry or whatever. Um, That's that's a big problem as well, which is. The problem is that it's just, it's been, it's such a, it's almost a cultural thing because anyone of any creed says, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And it's bizarre. It's bizarre yeah, that, it it, that it's still, it's always Jesus Christ. It's always, you know, it's always still fixated around the Christian religion, which is, it's crazy. It's almost, it's almost ironic, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, but um, we really, that's one thing I highly, highly suggest you do is to, Work those things out of your vocabulary. Um, don't say, Oh my God. Really, really be cognizant of it. Because once you are, and once you really understand what you're saying, the fact that you're, you know, kind of just, you know, cursing God, you're you're taking his name and just kind of, you know, tarnishing it, it changes the game. Yep. And if you understand that, it's gonna help you not do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because I know I'm still like I'm still at the point. Where I'm, I'm trying to even get oh my gosh out of the vocabulary. Right. I'm still working on it, but like you know, that's one thing I've I've really worked towards because I used to just throw it around all the time. Playing video games, getting angry, I would say whatever, mm-hmm. right? But um, it's mainly because you you don't you you just kind of take his grace, his forgiveness for granted, mm-hmm. right? It's like okay, well you know, it's not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you have people who are like. Well, when, the, when people say, you know, don't take the Lord's name in vain, they're not saying don't use his name as a bad word. He's saying don't misrepresent God. I'm like, por que no lost dos, right? <laughs> why not both? You know, <laughs> sure, why? Sure, you're, yeah. you're right. Okay, Ben, Shapiro, whatever. <laughs> uh, I can't, it might have been Shapiro. It might have been... um.
1: I, I heard that all the time from, yeah. from college students. Yeah, I,
0: that drives me insane. But like, um, don't just use, don't use that as an as a, a kind of cover for you just being able to keep saying his name. Are you wanting
1: to keep sending? Yeah, that's it's like, what it
0: yeah, is. <laughs> um, I would prefer to keep sending. Therefore, Matthew seven, one, um, thank you very much. Yeah. I'll collect my award on the way out. <laughs> uh, my, my, my exit Jesus award. I'll take <laughs> it. Um, that's all me. Um, but yeah, that's just things to keep in mind. We'll be keep working through the Lord's prayer as we go on, uh, in fr- in future episodes. Um, but moving on, we've got another uh, kind of cultural thing to talk about. Uh, we're getting back into uh, some issues we see um, in sermons, yeah. right? Uh, so I don't want to harp too much on the specific thing that went that went down, um, but there was a pastor. Um, I can't remember the name of his church. uh Pat, you know, I mean, there's no point in just hiding his name because if you write what happened, there's only one person yeah. in the world is going to come up. Yeah. But um, Pastor Mike Todd, uh, he did a sermon. I don't know if it was this past Sunday, but that's when it really blew up. Yeah, it was this. Past but he did a sermon where he was doing a a metaphor or an example or some kind of, you know, thing to help the 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 churchgoers understand his his message better and he spat into his hands and then he wiped it on his brother's his brother. face on stage. This is on stage during a sermon and uh people were justifiably grossed out because that is disgusting. Um on a bunch of different levels. Number mm-hmm. one, we are apparently in a in a pandemic right now. Yeah, and you so just, probably shouldn't spit. Yeah, put, yeah, probably shouldn't. Ugh. Apparently, it's all about droplets, and I think there's a couple droplets and oh, a and a handful yeah. of saliva. But yeah, um, second of all, it's just gross completely mm-hmm. on its own terms. It should not be done at all, let alone on stage during a sermon. Yeah, um, but. Uh, that's what happened but the main thing I wanted to talk about was uh, his apology mm-hmm. uh, so of course he needed to apologize for doing that because that's just it's ridiculous there's no excuse for it um, but he went in front of his I don't know if assume like it was like film portrait so he probably did it on his phone but you know kind of all smiles just you know kind of joking around uh, he apologized for um, the incident right? So of course he has to make a, a pun. Oh, spit hit the fan. <laughs> Good one, Mike Todd. Um really just digging it. Yeah. Digging the hole even deeper yeah. It's that. and that's the, my issue is that this doesn't sound like an apology. It, does it not. sounds like you're, you know, if, if you're gonna apologize, I know I hate apologizing. Mm-hmm. Okay? You know, I'm being a little I'm being a little dramatic, but apologizing should not be easy. Yeah. Okay? It should you are literally you know, swallowing your pride mm-hmm. and saying, You were right. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done that. And okay. Especially
1: in light of what we just talked about. Yeah. About God being holy. Yeah. And he was preaching, supposed to be preaching <laughs> God's <laughs> word. Allegedly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to do that and then to not uh, like apologize for, Hey, you know, that was supposed to be a time where yeah. I'm serious. Anyways, and we'll get to it. And
0: he, he he says a lot of words. He said, like, I want to validate everyone's feelings. It's like I don't care about their feelings. <laughs> you were you were preaching, right? Yeah. But that, that's the that's the thing I'm getting at is that apologies, especially for something like this, you should be serious. There should mm-hmm. be some some reverence to what mm-hmm. just happened. Mm-hmm. Um but I took some notes uh, because we kind of got blacked out. <laughs> um we had no Wi Fi, so I had to, you know, write these notes down like a pilgrim. <laughs> uh, so, uh, he said that, um, I wrote down the spit gimmick ended up being a distraction. His word was distraction. Um, the, 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 spit thing of wiping hands, it's clearly referencing Christ, um, healing the blind man. Yeah. Cause he references Christ healing the blind man in his apology. Mm-hmm. Um, which you can get into later. But, uh, he said the goal of the, the spit gimmick was for the word to come alive now, this is an important thing. This is kind of why I wanted to cover the apology mainly cuz this is common phraseology in these kind of churches. Yeah. Um the goal is for the word to come alive. And this is a blanket blank check yeah for a bunch of nonsense mm-hmm. to go on on stage. Yeah. Um to say I want to do blank for the word to come alive uh in their in their heads excuses a whole bunch of foolishness. Mm-hmm. This is where we start seeing, you know, the the crazy metaphors, the crazy um decorations for the the next uh um the next sermon series, right? This is where we see the big comfy couches. The big comfy couches. And and we see the basketball courts. And... Um we we see that we this is where we have the greatest showman series, right? Yeah. Um because they have to the, the 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 word of God has to be hashtag relatable. If it's right. not hashtag relatable, it's not alive, right? Which it already is relatable, right? It already is alive because it's already alive. I know I'm, I know I'm getting ahead of <laughs> you. Yeah, you're gonna say yeah. this, but like no, that the, one's the, all yours. You can have the, it.
1: the very the fact that and you're right. This is something that lots of of these these pastors will say. Is you know we're just making the word come alive. Yeah, the fact that they have to say that. Yeah. It presupposes that it's not alive beforehand. And they have to add something to it yeah. to, to make it more what entertaining, more relatable, more something. And if 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 that's where you're at, then you've already lost as, yeah. a, as a preacher. Absolutely. As a communicator of God's word, because we know that it is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, right? We yeah. know that. You can sit down. How many testimonies have you heard or Somebody picked up a Bible because they were curious, yeah. They read the Gospel of John, yeah, and then they got saved, yeah. No illustration, nothing crazy, no music. The Word of God, yeah. The Holy Spirit did His work in His Word, and He brought people to Himself just from reading the Word. Yeah. So, try to just tell to me. flex, yeah, right. <laughs> so, just whenever, whenever, whenever anybody says, Yeah, I gotta make it come alive, God's Word is alive, yeah, already. it's just.
0: It's just so, it's just disrespectful yes. to say I, because that whose hands is now put in? It's now put in my hands. I, I have to bring life yeah. into this message. If it were not for me, if I didn't take these spiritual defibrillators and put it into the word of God, the message would not be received. It's if like it, I did not Put a treadmill on stage <laughs> to help explain running the race. Then no one would understand what I mean by running the race, or what Paul meant by running the race.
1: And like that's that's too heavy of a burden to bear. Yeah, like absolutely, we don't make God's word come alive. But just just even just teaching you students every week, like if I thought that it was my job to make God's word come alive, I would lose my mind coming up with sermons and and lessons because i wouldn't know what to say and your
0: bank account would suffer because you got to buy props (laughs) right and you don't have these kind of you don't have that mega church money yeah you're right right you don't have those mega church seeds that have been sown and reaped right Mm. um and that's not to say there's no problem with with metaphors right there's no we started with the metaphor to kind of talk about the mini stuff yeah but here's the thing it came and went we are fifty minutes into it, and we have not mentioned it again yep. because it was for that moment. It was a quick little thing, and we're done. Yeah, yeah. We didn't make a sermon out of it, <laughs> right? I did not preach about the the, the that so sweet life of Zach and of Hannah Montana, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, um, but that gets to the, the next point, right? This idea of making because if you got if you got to do something to make it come alive, you've got to keep doing something to make it come alive. And if you got to keep doing something to make it come alive. We lead to our next point that Mike Todd makes in his apology. He says, "I'm paraphrasing because he gives a lot of specific examples, but all these things can be wrapped up by saying evangelism." Yeah. So Mike Todd is so passionate. He emphasizes passion about the uh, about these issues. Is so passionate about evangelism that he goes to extremes. Um, I would definitely say that wiping spit on someone's face. Is the most extreme thing I've seen so far, other mm-hmm. than you know some of these people punching and kicking each other and being slain in the spirit, yeah. right? Yeah, those are still up there, but he's got this idea. There's there's always going to be a prerogative that you have to keep pushing the limit. You've got to keep upping the ante, right? Because you are dependent on these things. You're dependent on the gimmicks. And if the gimmicks are what's sustaining your church, you've got to keep doing bigger and bigger yeah. and better and better, right? And and that's he he played himself yeah. with this one. Yeah, he did. He had to do bigger and better. He had to he, he's like he's like it's like it's just it's just so it's so obvious, right? I, I wrote down his 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 uh what was his his phrase? Hold on. Bigger and better, uh because he's talking about I wrote this down somewhere. <laughs> He said it's good. All right. Sort right. of receiving vision from God might get nasty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now here's the thing. If you fixate on that nasty word, okay, and you're on stage, that's going to seem pretty obvious, right? <laughs> oh, I'll spit into my hands. That's gross. Yeah. Is, can, I, can someone run a quick poll? Is that gross? Oh, it is great. Well, that's my, you know, and that's the thing to fix it on. And then, Of course, you're going to do it because you have bought into this idea that you have to do stuff that is, you know, provocative. It's got to do stuff that's going to, you know, wow people like this is the same guy who I mean, I don't want to pick on him, but he's one of the guys who does it. Um, He did the one where he was on a, a like a boat or something. And there was it was like he was like in the water like there was he was in a place well, they surrounded him with water. Yeah. He wasn't outside. He's inside but, right, in a studio. Yeah, in a studio with water, with studio rain or something. It was raining and on it's, it's And it's just like... All to
1: make God's word
0: come yeah, alive. Yeah, come alive. It's, it's like I'm there. It's like I'm there. You know, it's just... It's it's unnecessary. Uh, yes. It's unnecessary. That's, that's a good word. Yeah. And
1: it's disrespectful. Yeah. Unnecessary, right? disrespectful.
0: It's, a, it's irreverent. I think... Irreverence yeah, better than disrespectful, yeah, yeah, yeah. completely right. Um, you're just because once again you you put the burn on yourself. Mm-hmm. You've got to do this mm-hmm. right. Um, and and real quick, I the 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 portion he was referring to uh, is this word vision, and this ver- the word vision comes from Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, and this is a huge. I, I I had no idea about this verse being such a big deal.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but this verse means, it says, uh, uh, where there is no prophetic vision, which they cut out the prophetic part. They just say vision. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Now, this is what the ESV says. In the King James, which is, they fix it on the King James because it says, where there is no vision, the people will perish. Right? Because those are some strong words that are going to, you know, make people say... Whoa! I don't want to perish. I don't want my purse to perish. Better right? get some vision. Yeah, better get some vision. How do I do that? It must be my my pastor who's got the vision, right? So, um, they use this once again as a blank check to kind of turn that word vision into yeah. anything. And oh my gosh, the things they've done with this verse. This is the one. I, here's here's one I, I I didn't like the most. I've got I've got to say this one. So the word in um. Is it Hebrew? Is kazone?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So of course, the, the the joke has to be kazone? I thought you said cowzone. <laughs> I need a cowzone or I'll perish. I saw skits yeah. where people did the cowzone yeah. thing, and it's once it's like that deserves fire from heaven. Yeah, one thousand percent. Um, I'm being mean but like
1: it's just like go on youtube you, you can find you it you can find it what was what's the scripture reference um uh proverbs
0: proverbs 29:18 29:18 um, okay. but the the problem is they're taking i didn't realize this either they're taking half the verse yep. they're 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 doctoring the verse so they have this first portion when it says so obviously in the second portion the people cast off restraint but blessed is he who keeps the law that's it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guess
0: what? You don't have to look for a vision. You have the law. You have it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. Like this is, this is a, it's a masterclass yeah. in eisegesis and just twisting scripture. So once again, we're seeing uh, context, context,
1: context yes. is so important. And not, not only that, but like even things that we say on the podcast yeah, read God's word. Make sure that we're right because yeah. at some point in time we're gonna say something wrong. Yeah, it's just how right. it is. Yeah. So Absolutely. everything that you hear from us, from your pastors, from from anything, you need to be searching through God's yeah. word. You need to be going, okay, well, I need to figure that out. And that I don't know what the reference is, but that's what yeah. the Bible says. Paul
0: honored the Bereans for doing that. Exactly. The Bereans said, "Thank you, Paul." But you know, trust but verify. Yeah. And then th- okay, he's he's right. The he's, Apostle and Paul. Paul said, "Good on them yes. for doing that." Yeah.
1: So uh, we should already be. Uh, doing that. So if you're hearing something you know, where there is no vision, the people perish. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. What does the Bible actually say? And if you do that, you're going to see, like Royce just pointed out, the the second half. It, it's the same the verse. The same
0: verse. <laughs> all you had to do is because now the only way to be genuine about doing this is saying, um, what it would be uh, twenty nine eighteen a. Yeah. And you're just like, all right, today's sermon is twenty nine eighteen a. Yeah. Um, it's which like, means there is a b. When's the b coming?
1: <laughs> yeah. I just, it's not. Usually, it's like chapter one will say this, and chapter three is yeah. for, for the immediate context. Yeah, it's just the same verse. Yeah, That's the, the same immediate context. verse,
0: and it, it's just—it's almost—it's almost just like like God having a sense of humor, right? With these people, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like it was right there. Yeah, he's like just keep. Just it keep was reading. foolproof. Yeah, you know, um, but this—this this is you know—we're we're kind of ragging on these this idea, but. You know, our issue is not illustrations. Right. Illustrations are fine. They're good. Right? But these people are are putting all the 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 focus, yeah, all the the effort into illustrations. That's why mm-hmm. you have people, you know, having these giant basketball calls, having these giant couches to get their idea across. Because it's like it's like, sorry, I'm sorry, congregation, but your lizard brains cannot grasp the ideas that I'm trying to get across to you, okay? Uh, This sermon, this sermon series called Forgiveness University is so big-brained that I need to take you by your infant hand and walk you through it. I must take you to the water and force you to drink, right? (laughs) This is not how it works, right? Like Paul himself, we talked about this before we started. Paul used illustrations, yep. right? In Corinthians, he had in Corinthians 9:26, he has the the examples of running and shadow boxing. Mm-hmm. And we assure you that Paul did not have to get the <laughs> to get the bag out and start bobbing and weaving to explain <laughs> to them that like shadow boxing, it's like there's something there but there's not. Who oh. like, you know, <laughs> he didn't have to do that it because he wasn't doing anything other yeah, than saying Yeah, it. he said, okay, and they're like, "Oh, I yeah, cuz people do that." Yeah. I've seen people do that. Yeah. I've seen a person running. Paul was not have to, to run around. The, he didn't the have a treadmill. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he didn't have a treadmill. He probably wasn't even running in place. Yeah. He, he just said. He probably
0: wasn't. He just you said, know?
1: running a race, and, shadow boxing. And
0: that is the correct way to do that.
1: To use but, an illustration.
0: Yeah, to use an illustration, to, to, re- to relate things around you. Because the world around us, for the most part, makes sense. So there are things you can refer to for an illustration. Yeah. And it's like, oh. That kind of connected in my head a little bit better. Okay, yeah. thank you. But yeah. it, it's not like, are you sure it connected? Yeah, because I can sure? can do a demonstration. Let me show you. Bring yeah, out the punching can, bag yeah, bring, and they wheel it out. Punch- <laughs> out. <laughs> um, and I think that's that's kind of where, where we 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 go we go wrong so many times is that we 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 like to kind of flirt with that idea of well we can kind of take this thing from the world and instead of just referencing it. We're gonna run with it, so right? It's the main thing now. Yeah, it's now the main thing. We're like, um, I know a lot of people like to say, "Well, Paul will reference some obscure uh, writings of secular people, right? Therefore, we can use worldly doctrines to help us understand, like the CRT issues, right? Mm-hmm. That was the big thing with the the Baptist Convention yeah. was that they said, "Oh, well, CRT is a helpful analytical tool." To do this. And they used what Paul said doing some one-off example, Yeah. right? And now we got our blank check to say all these things and do all these things, right? And that's that's the issue is that we, we can't let, first of all, there are no analytical tools for the Bible. Mm-hmm. You do not get to take your lens you got from the world yeah. and analyze the Word of God and then put yourself in the seat of judgment mm-hmm. over the Word of God. That's not how this works, right? And that's what God means by saying, don't let these lofty, worldly philosophies take you captive. Because if you do, that's what you're going to do. You are going to look at the the Bible and say, well, you know, it's not very, you know, 2022 friendly. Yeah. You know, like man and woman, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, Has God, has God read the, has God done his research? Has God read the materials? Has God, you know, and that's the idea, because now we're trying to open up the canon. We're trying to open up the canon of Scripture. And what I mean by canon is just simply we have the Bible, we have the established Word of God, yeah. but now we're trying to open it up and say we get to add this to the Bible and add this idea to the Bible and add this modern interpretation of the Bible and all, add this contemporary understanding of the Bible and, all, and add this idea. And take this out of the Bible. And take this out and just rip, rip. Um, and that's just... that's that's what happens when we when we do not stay close to the text that is inevitable mm-hmm. right um, but uh, and if speaking of text uh, a great YouTube channel that I love watching it, the videos are short it's called what? it's WwUtt oh, yeah. because uh-huh. it stands for when we understand the text he does amazing videos they're they're th- one and a half minutes long almost all of them are 90 seconds. And he takes an idea, a modern interpretation, a modern concept. Says, "Does the Bible say it's okay? How's the Bible understand this?" Yeah. And it's it's wonderful. Yeah, if so you have it, a question? Yeah. He's, probably he's probably addressed it. He has been doing this for almost a decade. Yeah. He has addressed anything you have to ask a question about. Um, so we'll put the I don't know the, the link or the at least the name yeah. in, in it and maybe post it on the social media as well. But um, just remember, guys, that. You know, illustrations are not the same as props and gimmicks, right? Um, I know you know some people in the past who are who are pretty decent if you used props, but we're not kids, mm. right? If you were kids, you don't you don't need super soakers on stage. You don't need those were adults. <laughs> those were adults. You're right. Um, we don't need this stuff, yeah. right? Um, the word of God is sufficient, mm-hmm. right? If if it's if it's inexhaustible. If it's all we have, to if we if it's all we need, that's that's it. That's it. It's all we need. Right, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you guys for watching. Yeah, I think that concludes uh, episode eight. So we'll see you guys eight. next time.